going on, people? People get that podcast with your hosts, myself, Ryan, and Kevin. What's popping, Kevin? What's going on? I mean, do you want to get right off, um, start right off addressing the controversial tweets um, that you had the other day <laughs> about the what? Lakers offseason? I got, which generated a lot of noise. Um, I, got from piled on. I got piled on by Lakers <laughs> Twitter for really no reason. So <laughs> let me just read the tweet anyway. Let, let's just read the tweet in question, which people are so dumb. But anyways, let me just go back to the original tweet. So this is this is this is when um it seemed like there was like rumors that the um pre KCP signed. Yeah, yeah. So pre KCP getting signed, there was rumors that like, oh, the Knicks have all this space. They might go for KCP. The Hawks have all this space. They might go for KCP. So I was operating under the assumption that the Lakers were going to lose KCP. So literally anything that I said was based off KCP will not be on this team next year. So here's what I said. Based off losing KCP, I said the Lakers got worse this offseason. Simple as that. If they lose KCP, Name one above average three-point shooter on the roster, which uh, I intentionally said just to shake it things up a little bit. Wesley Matthews is above average three-point shooter, but it, it, sometimes you want to make your point, but make it a little more extreme than it actually is to get attention. I didn't want to get this much attention, but uh, and then I said, "Oh, damn it! Why did it scroll?" Oh, I, I just see. I just saw that Ry Cole quote tweeted it. I didn't see that before. I was wondering why I was getting so much. Yeah, that's why because he quote tweeted it. Um, he didn't even reply to my whatever. He just he just he just sick the dogs on me. He just said LOL. Um, yeah, he, did. he really did. And I said, <laughs> if they if they lose KCP, name one above average three point shooter on the roster. Are they going to be better on D than last season? This is when they looked like they were losing Dwight. They're losing Danny Green. They might lose KCP. You know, and and they're replacing them with Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell, and I'm like, okay, that makes, seems like they got worse on defense. And I said, not good. Okay, and since then they signed KCP, which totally erased my. Now that tweet is irrelevant, and I don't believe that tweet anymore. Um, once they signed KCP, and then on top of that, they just traded Javale and signed Marcus All. So now I think the Lakers got better this offseason. So the whole, but now there's so many people who. I'm, I was even telling them, I'm like, do you understand? I'm rooting for the Lakers. Like, you don't know, you guys don't understand. What, I think you came off as a Lakers opposing, hater. Yeah. Opposing team, just like trying to downplay the whole situation. Yes. yes. I got a lot of, oh, you're starting, here comes a narrative again. And all this, I'm like, guys, uh, <laughs> I'm not, obviously there's a confusion here. Um, but yeah, whatever. I got it piled on. Some, some of the fans were, uh, nice and that they would be reasonable and have a conversation other than were just idiots some of them were responding to things that i didn't even say they were saying <laughs> they were saying things that i agree with but in a way that made it seem like i disagree with them so there was a lot of a lot of weird stuff going on but whatever now that doesn't even apply anymore because i feel like the lakers have gotten better which is exciting as someone yeah. who's rooting for the lakers because of lebron because i texted you that you know I thought Trez was a good signing, but then you did say, "Got to, you know, my opinion is uh, reserved for after the deciding factor of whether they signed KCP or not." Um, even though, I mean, I, in in my perspective, even pre KCP, I think they did get stronger because they just added more talent to where. Like if you were to name like the third best player, like it's not even worth mentioning. It's just like yeah. 
Well, put They're it- a bunch of just role players. And now it's like you could say Schroeder and Harrell, and you could actually put them in the conversation of a more impactful pa- uh, player and talent in general. So based off that, I think that, you know, it was a good offseason. But, um, you know, KCP, he's good thing he's making like $15 million, which is okay. Um, he's not an elite three-point shooter, but he's a good three-point shooter. And he was big. He played well in the finals, um, which is what matters. So, obviously, that's a, a another nice pickup. They got Wes Matthews, and the two big additions were Trez for uh, two for nineteen, and then Schroeder in a trade. And I, we didn't talk. We did. We, yeah, we talked about Schroeder already um, pre podcast. But yeah, we we both like that uh, for the most part. I would say. And I think Montrez is a, a very good signing just because I thought that I feel like like I think the Hornets, I bet, offered probably uh, three for 50. Like they I, I bet they threw some money at him just because, I mean, he is an offensive talent and he's relatively young. He's 26 years old and 26 years old. He had a career high, just one six man of the year. Nineteen and seven, and one of the league leaders in field goal percentage. I think, and I think twenty-four and nine per thirty-six. I was about to say he's twenty-four and nine, thirty, twenty-four and nine per thirty-six, fifty-eight from the field. So very efficient from the field. Doesn't do any anything from um, from deep. Um, a positive on. I think he's underrated on defense. Uh, his advanced stats also agree with that. I just think like he just didn't have a good playoffs, and recency bias just suggests that. He's just, you know, not a good defender. But I mean, he's undersized. He's six eight playing the center position. I think he has a seven four wingspan, which is like normally you look at that and see can can they be good off uh, defensively? Like that's why Draymond is so good uh, defensively because it's like oh he's like six eight, but he probably maybe even has the same measurements as Montrez, like six eight but seven four wingspan. So I'm just wondering, like, how can't Montrez be better? on defense he seems like pretty athletic and he seems like he has a huge wingspan so like what's the problem he's a big body like he could body these dudes i don't i don't understand i am i'm my only i i guess i'm kind of bummed out because serge Ibaka went for two for 19 and it's like uh, if i had to choose between montrez and serge i'd probably want serge Ibaka. but i think it's going to work out um because to your point of like uh compared to last year the third best player like Last year, the Lakers had two players who, per 36, like averaged 20 points or more. Obviously, LeBron and AD. Both Montrez and Schroeder averaged, uh, Schroeder was right around 20 points per 36. So it's like scoring, they'll probably be better offensively. And if they're better offensively, even if they take a slight setback defensively, it's probably going to net out to them being just the same or a little bit better. I think. I mean, uh, Montrez has had over a twenty-three PER for the last three years. He and one another thing is that we're going to need. Uh, I'm speaking like I'm on the Lakers. The Lakers are going to need um, people who LeBron we know is going to whatever put up twenty-seven, eight, and nine in the regular season. But we know that he's not going to want to go balls to the wall during the regular season. So um, Montrez and Schroeder are basically guys who can have a twenty-five point night. Like they can carry the load and put up points during the regular season even if let's say Montrez isn't as good in the playoffs him getting the Lakers to the playoffs with LeBron sort of on cruise control uh it would be huge 
So like, even if he ends up playing like 20 minutes a game in the playoffs, whatever, because he's not as good, he's not as good defensively, I don't really care. If he's averaging 18 and 7 in the regular season, that's still big. And I like having a sort of hustle guy on a LeBron team, like, you know, a Tristan Thompson type guy, a Montrez type guy, even Dwight last year. I just like when LeBron has someone on his team who's like just going to crash the offensive glass like crazy and get some extra possessions and things like that. I mean, honestly, I think they really got to steal with um, with Montrez because they were saying like the Clippers, I thought the Clippers weren't going to pay him because he was going to be go for like 15 to 20 million and the Lakers got him for only 10. And I think that's just great value, great value. And, and the Clippers, um, I have to say, I think they did get a better value for yeah, I agree. Baca. Like I think Baca go, would go around the same. So they both, they both got good value. So, um, I would have to say that, but I think Montrez really, I think the perfect player for him to play next to is Anthony Davis because he's a guy who can spread the floor. He's a big, um, and also it secretly, it, it helps, uh, Anthony Davis because technically when Montrez is on the floor, he's, he's going to be, center. AD is going to be utilized. Like he's, he'll be like the tallest guy. I don't know, like he'll just like Montrez is basically going to do all the dirty work that Anthony Davis seems to, uh, you know, shy away from from the center position while AD could do everything that he wants as a uh, power forward slash small forward as opposed to power forward slash center. And I think it's just like the perfect fit. I think Montrez is just going to be great. The spacing, I mean, Wes Matthews, let me see. What did he shoot, like 36% from three? He, I mean, for his career, he's 38%. I was excited about that when I saw it. Yeah, I mean, he's in a, he's 34, 35. So I think, you know, he's he's solid. Like He'll he'll get you the shots. So he'll probably shoot like three threes a game at like 38%. Um, he's basically, they just got him as a discounted version of Danny Green. Yeah. Which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, Danny might be like a little, you know, better on defense. He's a little bit younger, but offensively, there probably won't be much noticeability from the exchange. And you know, it's not like last year they had like elite shooting, elite spacing. No, they didn't. I actually checked their um, uh, their numbers from last year. They shot thirty four point nine percent from three as a team, which was twenty first out of thirtieth. Mm-hmm. So like they, I mean, they were in the bottom tier in terms of three point shooting in the league, which is pretty crazy to think about. I think honestly, they're probably going to be right around the same mark because it's like, okay, Danny Green uh, and, and Wes Matthews are probably about equal as shooters. I understand Danny Green had a, like sort of a down season. Maybe Wesley Matthews might have like a big season and shoot 40%, but they're, you don't look at this team and say, man, this is a really great shooting team, but they just have right. to be not like the worst basically. Yeah, they just have to be a threat enough to where defenders have to go out and actually defend them yeah. at the, at the three-point line. That's what really matters. Like, you have to be a threat. Like, Ben Simmons, they're shying off of him. They're going to play him in the paint pretty much while he's at the ab- above the line, the three-point line. So you just get, you know, you surround LeBron with an AD with, you know, Wes Matthews, KCP, and Schroeder, you know, they're all threats. Like you have to defend them at the three point line. So that's, you know, if four out of the five guys can shoot threes, that's enough. I think that's what you need. And 
the thing is like when they had that last year, let's say like four out of five players could shoot threes, that fifth player um, wasn't really a threat offensively. Like Montrez is a threat offensively. Like he'll, he's great in the pick and roll. And yeah, maybe Schroeder's not the greatest three point shooter, but he, you know, he's enough of a threat, but he can create his own shot. He could do much more playmaking, uh, solid passer, um, you know, just smart offensively. And he showed that last year that, you know, he's not a bad, a good stats, bad team guy because he was, you know, on the struggling Hawks for most of his career. Last year with Chris Paul, he just played, you know, winning basketball. And I think that, I think that is a huge, both, both these two pickups are a huge, I think they upgraded, like, this is what I expected when they first got LeBron, like these types of moves. Yeah. And they didn't really do that. Um, but this season they did, so it's better late than never. I think and- Rob Polinka. I mean, I was pro Rob Polinka when people were shitting on him. I just think that anyone who can be Kobe Bryant's agent he has to have some sort of talent. So I think people just look at him and he's like this quirky guy and has these nonsense quotes and stuff like that. And they just look at him as like he doesn't deserve his job. You know, screw this guy. And I just think he's kind of hilarious. And uh, I'll, I, I, so I, I was pro Polinka, and he. He's he's rewarding the the Lakers fans who believed in him because he he he's making good moves and I really think that I mean I think the Lakers are in a great spot and so I'm I'm definitely in terms of how this offseason could have gone I'm definitely they had to get like an A minus or even close to an A so and a just and just to bolster their um, potential playoff rotation they upgraded from Gasol from Howard to Gasol and. I mean, Gasol actually can, he can stretch the floor and he's good on defense. You know, he may not be as athletic as he was, you know, a couple of years ago, but um, he's a big enough body to be a threat in the paint. Well, where what, what, what I was worried about when they lost Dwight, like who was going to guard, let's say they match up with the Nuggets again, who's going to guard Jokic? Because in the West, like that's really the only like post guy that you're worried about, right? So it's like now they have the guy who, okay, we're playing against Jokic. Like here, Marcus Wall can guard him in the post. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he's it's just solid on defense. So, and they got him for the vets minimum. So that's a, another value deal. Every deal, you know, Wes Matthews for under $5 million, uh Montrez for 10 They traded Schroeder for um, not much. Danny Green, some picks. And then uh, Marcus saw at the minimum. I think those are all just great value additions, and they definitely bolstered their standing at the top of the uh, the, the contenders. And on the other side, um, I think that the Clippers actually did a fine job getting Ibaka for only ten million a year, two for nineteen player option. And the second, just like uh, Montrez. And they also got Luke Kennard for a bunch of, bunch of second rounders, pretty much. And maybe like two. They really didn't give up much, but Luke Kennard is a very solid player. I think he'll be great off the bench. 
If he can stay uh, healthy, he, he was hurt yeah, last he, season, but his numbers are good. Like he's a great, I think he's 40% from three for his career. He's like a little bit of a creator in terms of like, yeah. I think he, he averaged some assists. He, he, I think it's like 17 points per game last year, maybe per 36. So I, I like that move for the Clippers too, because they need like someone who can, they didn't have enough ball handling. Like they didn't have enough creators. So I thought that was a nice, nice move. Yeah. I mean, for his career, he's uh 40% from three. Last year, I mean, he's only, it looks like he's only getting better. He's only 24 years old, shot 50 uh, 40% on six and a half attempts, so good volume, and, and, high field goal percentage. And on 16, he got four four assists too. Yeah, and year. I think it's like the the Nets getting Shamit. Like Shamit's a better fit for the Nets, and Kennard is a better fit for the Clippers. Like the Clippers need that ball handler, creator type player who can score a bit where the really the uh, Nets need like an off-ball guy who's just going to make threes and catch and shoot space the floor. So I, I like that move for both teams. Yeah, because the Nets obviously don't need – like Luke Kennard would be better with a ball in his hands. He'll be yeah. more productive. Um, Shamit is just going to get you 10 points a game and shoot, you know, six threes on 40%. I mean, last year – not this year, the year before. It was a shortened season, but I mean he shot like forty uh like forty three percent from the field on like let's say five five and a half attempts. So I mean he shot forty percent pretty much his entire career from downtown. So, you know, they just want guys who are better off the ball. Um, especially if they get hardened, but even still without him, um, you know, with you know, guys that excel with the ball, Kyrie, KD, Dinwiddie, Levert, um, those guys are always at their best when they're, you know, playmaking because they're very, obviously the two, two superstars are elite at playmaking and then the other guys are very good, um, very good just at playmaking in general. So I think Kennard could be, you know, better, but like that's that's only gave up like their first round pick that was like pick nineteen in a uncertain draft. We'll put it at that, and I think that's totally fine to get one of the best shooters in the league. Clippers didn't give up give much either. Um, the Pistons really made some questionable moves for sure. I don't know what the hell the Pistons are doing. They gave up like four first round picks in this deal somehow. Um, Why the hell is Mason Plumley worth eight million dollars a year? That was the like, other. What the hell is that? That was the other move, Mason Pumley getting that much money, especially for a rebuilding team. Um, doesn't make much sense, especially considering the skill set that Mason has is redundant to where you could find, you could just, you could assign, you get at, uh, plenty of big men who basically just rebound that can't shoot and play like okay defense like he doesn't really excel at anything and um, i also didn't like jeremy grant for three years 60 million i don't think jeremy like jeremy grant did well in the playoffs but like i don't i would have said like third. 15 16 maybe 17 like 20 maybe. million a year like what the hell that team is so weird even though the pistons are always kind of bleh but what is it like derrick rose jeremy grant blake griffin mason plumley I don't even it, know who else is on their team. Whoever they it, drafted this year in the draft. And I, yeah, what do you think of the Hawks moves? Wait, so, so what were they? They who Rondo, Chris Rondo, Dunn, Chris Dunn, and uh, they signed someone else. Oh, Gallinari, Gallinari, and supposedly they're like the leaders for Bogdanovich. Right. What I don't understand is that didn't they? I think they might have signed a big man too. Maybe I'm hallucinating. Uh, um, no, they made some a bunch of deals. 
but it seems like there remember there were whispers like oh Trey Young I think this was like even last year like oh Trey Young wants the Hawks to like start winning and he was like basically putting pressure on the team to like we better win some games and now is it like are they going are they going win now mode with a team that's not good enough to win now I mean they they should be really good on offense right so Trey is an amazing offensive player Danilo Gallinari if you look at him uh, his stats, like he's really good on offense. Bogdanovich is a good offensive player who can shoot. Danilo can shoot. Trey Young can shoot. Um, so uh, you know, and, really good on defense Chris, to beat yep. uh, Trey Young's weakness. Rondo, like, whatever you want to say about him, he is an extremely smart player. Could do some like little mentorship vibes with Trey. I don't, I don't hate that. And yeah, then you'll have. They still have Clint Capella. They still have Clint Capella. They still have John Collins. They got their top five pick. I'm not going to pronounce his what name. What is it, like Okongwu, I think? Yeah. And now, so that's what there's rumors that... Um, uh, He's a guard, so... What happened? He's a guard, so, I mean, the... Yeah, the John uh, yeah the John Collins thing is interesting. He puts up numbers, for sure. No, Okongwu, Okongwu is a big man. So that's why, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a big man. He played for USC. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I watch him, but I know he's a big man. Um, I'm pretty sure he played center. So that's why there's rumors that like maybe John Collins is on the move because they have, they drafted a big man. Then they also have, like you said, Clint Capella. And it's like, and then, you know, Daniel Gallinari is going to pl- probably play a decent amount of power forward, you would think, right? right? Yeah. Uh, like a stretch four vibe. So how many, how many big men can they have? And how much money do they have? Like, isn't John Collins like up for a, a contract extension? Like, maybe at, I think he might be a free agent after this year. What? I mean, John, I don't think they're going to pay him. Yeah, I don't think they could pay. How much is Clint Capella making? Like twelve million dollars, fifteen million dollars? Can they pay him fifteen? Danilo twenty? Bogdanovich seventeen? And I think they have Evan <laughs> Turner and Carson uh, Chandler Parsons on. Uh, they're paying them too. So it's like, you know, I, I mean, the Hawks, pff, will they make the playoffs? I mean, I guess so. I don't think they're going to be like a top five or six seed. So like, I guess they're trying to go get the seven or eight seed, which I mean, okay, I guess. And then other side, okay, like I'm pessimistic, but it's like at a certain point. Well. What? They're well, like they were taking on bad contracts or picks. They were doing bad and, you know, they got one strong asset in Trey Young. They have John Collins that maybe they could do some sort of sign and trade for and you know get assets for him. And like if they, you know, tank for another two years, I think they'd be in a good position. But then it's to, like maybe they, they don't they can't wait to tank because like Trey Young's like, bro, like we need to start winning, otherwise I'm out of here. So I, I could understand. I guess I kind of see it both ways. Like if it's with with these like star players. Sometimes you just have to start winning. Otherwise, they're going to leave, but they might leave anyway. So I don't know. It's, I don't hate what they did, but I'm not like in love with it either. They should be good on offense, so for sure. They're just spending a lot of money. Like I feel like the best. It. I mean, obviously, it's a lot. It's easier said than done. But to find value um, in free, in free agency and bolster your team this way, like the Nets found. Dinwiddie and uh, Joe Harris. Joe Harris was just like cut from the magic and had a like a a long term injury, and he comes out now. He's making like eighteen million dollars a year, and you know. What did you think of that? I 
you know, it's a lot to invest, but it doesn't affect our flexibility. It only affects the tax bill, which I'm not paying. Right. So it's like, who cares? Like, is he probably worth like 15, 16? Yeah. So they, a little bit of an overpay, but like you said, it's not your money. So it's like, who the hell cares? And if, if what that's, that's the whole thing. It's like, if he's on your team, you can re-sign him and you bird rights or whatever. There's all these rules, but if it's like, if it's not preventing them from signing somebody else, then yeah, what, what, why not? They, you, they, it would have been horrible if they lost him. So then if, if that's the case, then you need to pay him what it takes to keep him. So. Yeah, like I think that he's really essential to what we're trying to do. I mean, he's so good from three. Like he just averages 15 points and shoots 40. He's like one of the league leaders every year in three-point attempts percentage and, uh, you know, up there in attempts as well. And he's solid on defense. He's just a solid player. Like I would rather if you chose, if you, you know, if we have the team right now and you said like we would have to lose either Dinwiddie, Allen, or Joe Harris, who would you pick? And I would say, like, we would have to keep Joe Harris just because what he does is just so essential. They don't to, have a like, replacement for him on the roster, basically. Yeah, it's hard to get those, you know, 3 and D guys, especially those who are elite at, not on defense, but from the offensive end, just like just being able to sprout the floor. Like he's just a, he just hits daggers and just would be perfect fit. You throw him... And I love Shabbat. Like you can't have too many shooters on the team, but I mean, if the if the you know the Nets, I wouldn't say they cooled. It's just like now I feel like they're just in talks, and you know, it's not like the the Rockets. Hope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, okay. it's not like the Rockets are just going to be like, oh, Harden wants out. It's like just 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 trade him immediately when they have him under contract and. The best offer is not a lights out offer like Jason Tatum's not on the table. Ben Simmons, I mean even Ben Simmons, um, he's not on the table. Ben Simmons isn't on the table. What if he gets put think. on the table? I still don't think. I just don't think the. I don't think Maury would give enough to. I don't think they would just make ends meet. I think it would just be if the like Maury's trade proposal would have to be so ridiculously absurd. That they could, he couldn't say no. If it's, but I don't think really like the, on the Philly side, I don't think Harden is worth that much to them. I think, um, like uh, there was a super fan on Ryan Russell's show, Chris Ryan, I think his name is from the Ringer. Yeah, yeah, I listened to the pod. Yeah, and I don't think he he wasn't crazy just for trading Ben Simmons, um, for Harden like straight up. Well, what like, he, he wasn't. He really... made a good point is that. Is two years of James Harden really worth that much more than five years years. of Ben Simmons or whatever it is, four years or five years left on his contract? So my thing was like when I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, let's say they do that trade. Why wouldn't it just be Ben Simmons for Harden straight up? If I'm the Sixers, I'm like, I'm not throwing in like, oh, three first round picks. It's like even I feel like that they're almost equal value. That's the thing. That's what. I like. I think the, the. I think the Sixers don't. I don't think either side would do it because I think the Rockets are like we want more. Like, all right, you got the player, but we want like some picks too. And the Sixers, Sixers are like, no way. Like Ben Simmons, we got him under contract, and he's only like twenty three years old. He just made like All NBA. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Like that's insane. Like Harden's only there for two more years, and we have him. This guy for three, and he's like eight years younger. But they were probably. Uh... And maybe I'm wrong, but I imagine part of the trade, if they did that, would be like signing Harden to an extension. 
probably but i mean the you know the age difference is there the contract years and like i don't think that i think the the sixers the the rockets want more and the sixers just wouldn't be able to do it and and then you have the whole factor of um tim fertila tita just not wanting to give up james harden to maury after leaving um so since it's not going to be a home run trade like an obvious like you have to do this i feel like you know they just have like the nets deal and i think they are in verbal agreements like i trust the b reporters reporting that it's just a matter of which side is just going to cave first so i think the nets are like maybe they have you know they do have the Karras, allen and dinwiddie up but then they might have only three picks, three first round picks and the Rockets want two pick swaps and another first pick. So, you know, they have, they might want to like meet in the middle. So maybe it'll just end up being, you know, that core. And I think Shaman would have to be included now. Um, do you think that boosts the, the value? So if you're getting Karras, Shamit, Dinwiddie, Allen, and three first picks, as opposed to um, Levert, Allen, Dinwiddie, and then four first-round picks, one of them being this year's 19, 19th pick. So basically, it's like, yeah, I'd probably have- rather have Shamit than the 19th pick in the draft. Um, odds are the 19th pick is not going to be as good as Shamit. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the plays out with James Harden and the Rockets. I mean, they signed Christian Wood, or it's like a sign-and-trade with the Pistons, I think. Yeah, it was because they sent – Ariza, there's so many like three teams in this trade, but then he gets traded again. But it's so one team that I liked what they were doing was uh, the Blazers. They traded for Covington. They signed Derek Jones Jr. from the Heat. They they signed back uh, Cantor. And I, I don't really like Cantor, but I'm just going through their moves. Uh, and they, um, one more. Why am I thinking? Covington, Derek Jones Jr., Cantor. But they have like a, they vote. Hello. What? Mellow. Yeah, they, they re-signed Mellow, but it, they were always like a team that was sort of lacking defensively and just lacking like a little athleticism and lacking as with like swingmen. I just like the Derek Jones Jr. and the, especially the Covington moves. Now they could have some like real lineups like Dame, CJ McCollum, Covington, Nurkic, and then like someone at the four, whether it be whatever Carmelo or whether it be, you know, Zach Collins. I don't know, but like they, I, I, I like their moves. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. Like, I think they make good moves, but it doesn't put them over the top or anything. But I think thing, like, people are like, "Oh my god, the Blazers offseason! It's incredible." Portland, I don't get Portland in general. Like, what what's going on over there? Well, Is it's it, just a marriage to McCollum Lillard duo. That's what's going on. So they're not going to break that up. So they have to do the best they can around that. But Portland, Portland in general, like what what's there? I feel like that's like. Oh, I don't, no, like people love Portland, Portland, Oregon. There's apparently there's like coffee and nature trails and hikes and bike trails and people people who call. what happened? Their signature. Yeah, no, I mean I literally think it is like I I know it's kind of ridiculous to say like coffee and like bike trails and hiking, but I think that's like what they're most known for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so 
I mean, the. I mean, I like them, but yeah, it doesn't put a, put them over the hump. It didn't get worse. I mean, I'm just thinking teams that got better. Like, I feel like it's just a little overhyped. Um, from what I'm seeing from higher level reporters and analysts, but you know, it's you know, it's a good off season. Can't can't um, you know hate on a, a good off season. I also think the Clipper. I know we talked about the Clippers, but they're they're closing lineup now of Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi, um, Ibaka, and and Mark and Marcus Morris. I mean, like, what is that lineup missing? I guess it's still just missing like a creator, you know, but maybe then maybe you sub in Luke Kennard for Patrick Beverly. But I mean, Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi, Ibaka, Morris is like pretty nasty in terms of they have shooters, they have defense, they have like switchability. They can protect the rim now with Ibaka. I don't know. I was, I still think the Lakers are better, but people I think are just want to like write off the Clippers like they're irrelevant now or something. Yeah, no, I mean, the Clippers are, I think they, I think they, they just did a good job. I think they had a good off season. I think they're still contenders. So I don't think that could they be better? Yeah. I mean, um, I think Ibaka is just a great fit. I mean, he could shoot threes. Um, they got him for a great deal. Good defender, good locker room guy just wins. Like he has the second highest winning percentage next to LeBron. I mean, granted that's for having, you know, great teammates, teammates, but, um, he went to the Raptors and, you know, they don't have superstars, but you know, they're just a good team in general. So, I mean, I like that. What other teams? Are there any other teams that stick out as getting better? I mean, or are there well, big moves that we missed out on? Yeah. The Drew holiday ah. trade. We didn't even talk about that. That, what do you think? Um, I would say that they obviously gave up an insane amount to get Drew, but uh, you know, it it seemed I liked it a lot more when it was going to be coming with also a sign and trade for Bogdanovich. But now I'm not so crazy about it. But I'm I'm kind of bummed out that they didn't get Bogdanovich. So there was like conflicting rumors. Everyone when it came out that that was not happening anymore, basically the PR excuse was that like they didn't tell Bogdanovich or they didn't get his sign off, which is obviously BS. So then everyone was saying like, oh, it's because of tampering, tampering, tampering. The league probably told them you guys can't do this because it's tampering. But then KOC on Bill's podcast said that what actually happened, at least this was his reporting, was that Eric Bledsoe was supposed to be included in the Kings-Bucks sign and trade for Bogdanovich. And once he got included in the Drew Holiday trade, I guess, or maybe I think it was trading for Drew Holiday meant that the Bucks had less money to offer to Bogdanovich. And I guess when they went back, maybe they were able to sign him for $18 million or $17 million, but now they have Drew Holiday's salary. Maybe it was only like 15 or 16 now. And maybe that, that money difference like made the difference to where Bogdanovich is like, I don't want to do this um, this trade anymore. So that that was a confusing situation. Like if you told me their lineup could be, you know, Drew Holiday, Bogdanovich, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, I think that's nasty. But I guess I'll give it like a B. They gave up a lot to get him. If getting Drew Holiday means that they can keep Giannis, then I guess it was worth it. But they gave up like a lot, a lot, a lot of draft picks. And it doesn't seem like, you know, free agency is basically over. It doesn't seem like they have that second move. Like, I thought Bogdanovich was going to be the second move, like the one-two punch. Drew Holiday, Bogdanovich, boom. And then they do minor moves on, around the, like, edges for their team. But it, it looks like just their offseason was basically Drew Holiday, 
then they re-signed like Pat Connaughton, re-signed like Dante DiVincenzo. And so they basically have the same team, but they added Drew Holiday and got rid of Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. So I guess that makes them a little bit better. They were already really good last year. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that's just it's just so much to give for a guy who's made one all-star game and is 31 who has one year left on his deal. Like and well, they have to sign him. Why, well, I guess they're wait to see if why haven't, signs. But why haven't Giannis? Why hasn't Giannis signed? Maybe he's that waiting is, for Bogdanovich. He's gone. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh. I don't know. It's it's a weird situation now. Um, I mean, ah, uh, that's I don't like it. Um, it's just so much to give up for Drew Holiday. I mean, I like Drew. But, you know, the picks go far as far out as 2027, which is seven years from now. Seven years is such a long time. And, you know, Ryan Rosillo pointed out how that one pick could be worth more than any of the assets that they threw in for Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday himself. So, you know, there's disaster potential. And the fact that, you know, it's one thing. If, you know, because Kawhi was literally just like, okay, if you get Paul George, I'm going to sign. Like, did Giannis say, if you get Drew Holiday, I'm going to sign? I'm going to sign a max, a five-year max? And still brought up a good point. It's like, why doesn't Giannis, like, uh, collaborate with the Bucks a little more? If it's like, oh, we have to do whatever it takes to get Giannis to stay, why doesn't, like, Giannis communicate with them and be like, I, you know what I'm saying? It's like... Because if now if Giannis stays, like they 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 limited their team building in the future. So if it's like if Giannis must be really unsure whether he's going to stay or not. Because if I thought I was going to stay, I would just tell him like guys like don't give up that much for Drew. You know what I'm saying? It's like it just it, it helps the Bucks have a little more leverage to be like oh we don't have to include literally everything to get this deal done no matter what if Giannis is like guys wink wink I'm probably going to stay so if you can get the deal done do it but if you feel like you're giving up way too much then don't feel like you have to because that's the only way I'm going to stay I don't know yeah because like next thing you know I mean I just don't it's 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 a very risky trade that they didn't get Bogdanovich and I mean, then they got called for tamper- tampering, which is funny. But I mean, the league's opening an investigation. But like I said, I don't know if KLC seemed to say that tampering was not the reason why the Bogdanovich deal fell apart. Maybe he's wrong. He could be wrong, but that's what he was saying on Bill's spot. So he'd hope hope he's not giving old Billy Boy faulty information. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with that, but. I mean, I do like the yeah. one, two, three of Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew. It's just they're not very. It's deep. better, but they're not very deep. It's just like they they made such bad offseason moves. Like, if you, would you rather have? Obviously, it's obviously resounding yes. Like Malcolm Brogdon, um, or Malcolm Brogdon and like the five picks <laughs> that you <laughs> just, just gave up, it. or Drew Holiday. It's like obviously Malcolm Brogdon. Well, people are saying that Malcolm Brogdon has like a foot issue. I think. Everyone just keeps saying, well, he has terrible medicals. He has terrible medicals, which I guess means like MRIs and stuff. So is he just like a ticking time bomb like Brandon Roy that eventually his foot's going to fall off? And I don't know. But, I mean, I guess we'll see. But 
the Bucks, they're kind of like just a little boring, you know? It's kind of like, well, but who knows? Maybe they go, they're like the, the Bucks of last year. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, and then like you're gonna like Drew Holiday is gonna like he's gonna he lived in like New Orleans and Philadelphia. I mean, not like I mean New Orleans is a nice place to live. Philly is a nice place to live, but Milwaukee's a terrible place to live. But I mean, if uh, they give him twenty five million dollars a year for like four years, then and that'll be honestly that'll just be a bad contract. Like that'll be another bad that's contract. What it, it takes to, to save Giannis. That's what everyone says. <laughs> I mean, that's the only point that everyone says. But then, like, yeah, then Giannis is going to be, you know, two years in with a thirty-three-year-old Drew Holiday making twenty-six million dollars, and Chris Middleton making like thirty-five, and they can't make any roster moves because they trade away all their assets. And now Giannis is just going to be like, okay, I, 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 I keep getting to the conference finals, but I can't breathe beat like the nets or the celtics anymore like i need one like i need a real i need a better number two and number yeah. three the more but I think it's like it, oh we can't I trade and um then yeah and then you see like the trade rumors come out but i mean the the it'll be a win for the bucks if they sign him because then they could get assets for Giannis, and that'll result in a, a big package and then they could trade away drew and chris Middleton and just do a whole big rebuild over but obviously you you know even if like you get those picks like there's no obviously not even close of a guarantee to get a generational talent like Giannis so yeah the main goal is to keep Giannis in Milwaukee till he's dead pretty much let's let's see let's say best case scenario the Bucks win the title next year Giannis resigns and and they resign uh Drew Holiday like so then that's their team it's like you're saying, like, yeah, Drew Holiday's not getting any younger. And then it's like your whole team is basically going to be Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. But I guess if that's good enough to win next year, then why wouldn't it be good enough to win the year after that? Maybe they hit on one of their first-round draft picks. I don't know. They must have been doing this deal under the impression that they were also going to get Bogdanovich. And then they didn't get Bogdanovich, and now it's like uh, they, they gave up too much. Come on. They gave up too much. Like you said, Drew's, they have to re-sign Drew now because you could say, okay, let's say they win the title and they say, you know what? We're not going to commit ourselves to Drew big money long-term. We won the title. Giannis re-signed. We're happy. So then they let Drew go. And then, I mean, I guess they could sign a free agent in replace of him, but then it's like they, they if they let Drew go, what are they going to replace him with? They just trade all their draft picks. They can't yeah, exactly. They have to that's keep a, him, or they have to sign not, another big free agent. Which, what's Milwaukee's track record with signing big free agents? Zero. Yeah, Chris Milton. They drafted Chris Milton, and they drafted Giannis. So they basically have to sign Drew long term now. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting situation. I mean, hopefully Giannis is <laughs> happy. Yeah, that's a no for me, dog. But yeah, I guess I probably yeah, I'd probably give it like a C plus now that I think about it longer. I really just honestly wish for the NBA's sake that they got Bogdanovich. I think him going to the Hawks, like who the hell cares about the Hawks? But I don't get what they're doing. Also, in 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 news of just sad NBA news, Clay Thompson, womp womp womp. That was terrible. I was I was actually like pretty uh, bummed out about that. Like not even on like a basketball. Like it just like actually bummed me out. Like I was like, damn, what the fuck? I mean, we had just talking about how we have this contender in the East in the Nets, like coming online this season. And then we have like this reemergence of a contender in the West with the Warriors coming back this season. And then it's like, boom, nope, no, you don't. Yeah. They just take it, take it away. It's terrible. And 
Yeah. And like when you saw, you know, Shams come out with the, you know, you got notifications on because, you know, it's the start of like all this madness going on and you're expecting something good ha- to happen when you get a notification. And instead you get Clay Thompson uh, ha- is hurt his leg and is needs to get an MRI. Like that's like bad news. The next thing you know, a day later, torn Achilles out for the season. And next thing you know, Warriors are went from perennial contenders to you know racing for that sixth to eighth seed, just like that. Um, and you know, and then, then the future is obviously bleak because we don't know what Clay is going to look like. I mean. The thing is, he tore his AC. It's two different legs now. So it's like one leg might be, feel better, but then like because you're putting. You have to put, you know, more pressure on the opposite leg when you hurt. When you hurt uh, the other leg, so you don't and, but you don't want to put pressure on the ACL that you just tore. So just rehabbing is going to be a bitch because you have to monitor both your knee and Achilles and Achilles takes two years to fully recover one and a half years, probably to just, you know, get back on track without like one and a half years, you're going to be feeling soreness after like you play a game, but two years you'll be basically back to normal. So clay just tore his ACL and that has like a similar timeline to well, like whether you'll feel like hundred percent and then he tears his Achilles. Like that's just like a huge step back for him. And it goes to show like the timeline for contenders is very short. And we thought when KD went to the Warriors, like next five years were there as minimum. Like this, that was like one of those teams where it's just like, there's no fucking way they don't just rack up all these titles. Like everything, everyone's in their prime. They're so good. Like they're just like, no one's even, you can't even get close to them. And, you know, they, they won some for sure. Obviously, they were the best team of all time. But next thing you know, uh, you know, is the dynasty over? How good is Wiseman going to be? I don't know. They made some nice moves, Kelly some Oubre. decent moves. Oubre. Kelly Oubre, um, you know, he's a solid, solid player. But obviously, not half of what Clay Thompson was. I mean, Clay, Clay's, I think he is like just the greatest 3D guy ever. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends because he's not really a playmaker. I mean, all he does is shoot threes, and like not all he does. Like he can just like he could put on the floor, obviously. Um, not that much, but like honestly, like he can. Ex- like it's he, not that, it's not as much as really. Well, I don't know what people think, but he really he scores sixty points with ten dribbles. Yeah, sixty points with ten dribbles, like that. Like he's just he bit he basically just like shoots, you know, jumps. Like his game is so. Like when you compare him and James Harden, it's like just totally different ends of the of the spectrum. Just like he doesn't need the ball at all to be um, a huge, impactful guy. Like he's just so good without it, just running off the ball that he's just amazing. Like he, like he's just like the greatest three and D guy ever because he's amazing shooter, the second best shooter of all time, and he's a great defender. Like is it right? Yeah, no. I mean, it's a good point. I was just thinking, like, oh, maybe is there a guy who's the only? I guess comparison would be someone who's one of the best 
defensive players of all time, uh, who's also really good at three. I guess I would compare Clay to maybe Spurs Kawhi Leonard in terms of like he's a really he, Kawhi Leonard from three back then is probably as good as Clay is on defense. Uh, well, once Kawhi like got his jump shot going with the Spurs, like he was he was knocking down threes, and then Kawhi has like that greatest ever skill of like perimeter defense back then to match uh, uh, Clay's best one of the best ever shooters basically. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, Clay is an amazing three and D guy for sure. It just sucks. It's like that. Uh, I was enjoying, I was looking forward to them, like having another battle maybe with like LeBron in the playoffs. Uh, and then it's like that team is definitely, they were more fun. Uh, they weren't as good, but they were more fun when it was like Clay, Steph and Draymond. When they added KD, it became less fun because they were just, you know, they were unstoppable and also their play style kind of changed a little bit. So I was just really looking forward as someone who doesn't root for the Warriors. I was still looking forward to seeing them play and seeing them compete and seeing if they could win the title. Uh, And obviously that's not going to happen. I do hold out like a little bit of hope in the back of my head, like, Oh, next year, you know, Draymond and Steph won't be that old. Maybe Clay will be back. If he looks like 80% as good as he used to, if Wiseman really hits, uh, but I don't know how likely that is, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know how good, you know, I just simply don't know what Wiseman's potential is. So I don't know. Well, I mean, that the dynasty could very well be over. Yeah. Which, which, so, which is crazy yeah. to think about. Um, and also it's like Clay is making Clay's on a huge contract. Like I'm pretty sure three seasons from now he's like last forty year? something million. Yeah, didn't he just get extended just last year? I think he might have. Wow. Yeah. I mean that's just bad timing, but obviously it was a no brainer extension. He's you know, you can't fault them for doing that. It's just freak injury that you know shit happens. But yeah, it sucks. And wish him the best. Um, you know, he's obviously going to be. The key is like, hopefully he just doesn't tear something else again. Now, like if he his, you know. ACL is better, but then like. Next thing he tears his Achilles again, like, you know, seems like he, he he's so durable. He was so durable for this. Um, but once you get like a major injury, two major injuries, like so close to each other. That's, you know, it's tough to improve on instead of just getting one and then you could just fully recover using that. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, sucks for the NBA in general. But I mean, at least we get Steph back. At least we get Steph back. And I think we finally do get to see him. Would they would they give him the Luca Harden treatment? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's how Steve Kerr likes to play. That would be awesome, though. I would love to see that. I mean, he's definitely going to be taking a lot of shots. He has to. It gives their team the best chance to win. I just don't think they're going to go, like, four flat, like, one guy at the top of the key, like, just go ISO mode. But we're definitely going to see. I mean, he's got he's to score, like, 25-plus for sure. Uh, unless, or Otherwise, they're going to be complete garbage. And just going back to, like, Clay being the best 3 and D guy, I think – Draymond is just like the best role at the time was the best role player, which is why just that team worked out so well. Cause you didn't have a bunch of superstars that need the ball. You just had guys apps, like just the best ever at their role. And then you throw KD in there and that's why it worked too. It worked even better. 
it's just like it's like oh you don't have it's like oh they have four stars but like just their role um they were just so good at it and it just worked to perfection so you know that team that team will never see that again well i don't know if we'll ever see that again but for a very long time just because even just the way like the salaries work like just to be able to get all four of those guys on the team um that that's that would be tough to recreate but there's also the chris paul trade to phoenix i thought we talked about that no he happened that was the first on monday very first trade that morning or whatever it was yeah because all we talked about was schroeder schroeder was a big trade Um, we were talking about chris paul trades there's it had to be a rumored then dude we definitely mentioned it maybe i'm i think it was yeah but it was just like well i liked the trade initially i didn't like it because i thought oh chris paul going to the suns are they really going to be relevant um i kind of wanted chris paul to go to a title contender but that's the thing he could only go to like one which was the Bucks? Yeah, and once that because he's making too much money. Yeah, he's making a bunch of money, and I kind of like the combination. I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to be great uh, together, and yeah, I just think they, they they could be a really good team. Can you? Why are you, are you not wearing headphones? No. Yeah, because I I can hear. I don't know if people are going to hear on the podcast, but when I talk, I can hear myself through your computer. No, you can. I've been doing this for like months. No, I mean, is this the first time? Uh, I think, yeah, I think this is the first time. I don't remember other podcasts, or maybe there's something else that's going on that's causing it, but I don't because I, I definitely didn't notice it for other podcasts. Um, but know, we'll see. Yeah. Anyways, the Chris Paul going to the Suns. Yeah, I like it. I mean, they also signed Jay Crowder. They they got rid of Ricky Rubio, obviously, and Kelly Oubre. So I mean, it's basically what uh, Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder. Uh, I think they have Cam Johnson, who's like a shooter they drafted last year as a rookie. And I, I, is it Bridges, like Mikhail Bridges, I think. So they have, they're, uh, they're going to be an interesting team. They'll probably, they definitely, they should make the playoffs. I'll say that. And then the wall for Russ rumors, which made no sense. Yeah, and Still doesn't make Wall sense. Trade but... demand, like what the, like dude, yeah. you can't demand a trade like that. Those days of you being on that level are over, bro. Like you can't demand a trade. Like what the hell are you talking about? He literally hasn't played in two years. He has one of the worst contracts in the league. He's making so much money, and then he's demanding a trade. The first year he's healthy. That's insane. And why does he want to demand a trade? Like does he does he not want to play with Bradley Beal? And they have Bertans. Like they could at least be really good offensively. Yeah, I think now like you at least play a year to see. One, how you're feeling and how good like your team is. I mean, John Wall really hasn't had any good teammates. Uh, I think like his best teammate he's ever had outside of Bradley Beal was Marcin Gortat. Uh, who else was on like those Wizards teams? I feel like there's one other guy who like when they made the playoffs, who else was on that team? I don't know. I think well, Bradley, he's been with Bradley Beal for a while, though. But Bradley Beal wasn't this good up until like yeah, two years that's ago. True. When, that's true. When John Wall left and then he, he broke out. Yeah, but that's even more of a reason. Like, okay, dude, like now exactly. Bradley Beal's amazing. Like, why not? Don't you want to play? I mean, if John Wall's good, I don't see the Wizards could should make the playoffs if, if he's anywhere close to what he used to be. 
I mean, the East is not good at seven, eight range. So I don't, where, like, what team does he want to go to? I don't understand that. I don't know. But yeah, there's the Russ for John Wall deal that's been rumored, but it doesn't really make sense for, doesn't do anything for either side. Like, both are bad contracts. It's like, yeah, Russ is older, but Russ is healthier than John Wall. So I feel like, you know, even though Russ is two years older than John Wall and they're both on bad contracts, I feel like that the fact that John Wall hasn't played in so long negates that. So the Rockets would still be getting back a bad contract in John Wall. And it's not like he could shoot either. John Wall is not a shooter from, you know, so it doesn't really fit well with Harden. It's pretty much the same. And, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, the the Rockets are doing some interesting moves where they're trading Covington, one of their key, key pieces last year for picks, but then they signed Christian Wood. So it's like, are they rebuilding, trying to win now? I mean, I think the Christian Wood sign is good um, for sure. But then it's like, why are you trading Robert Covington? I guess Covington like, was just to get... Um some of the draft picks that they lost basically when they traded for Westbrook, you know, cause you know, they, they, they lost some draft picks there, but yeah, it did seem like that was signaling like, okay, they're blowing this up. And then they, they, they haven't blown it up really. That was their only one that they sent out. I mean, obviously they lost Austin Rivers to the Knicks, but we're talking like major pieces. Yeah. But I mean, seeing Harden, I mean, Russ and trade rumors is not, doesn't support the case that they're trying to win now because well is they, Russ and trade well I guess yeah they if they're the John Wall trade, well, rumor, and, trade rumors yeah you know? that, that that like sparked up for a second but I I just think like well the Hornets were another one like oh they could trade for him then they gave Gordon Hayward four for one twenty so they they don't have that's, for Russell Westbrook now that was bizarre that was bizarre um, why the hell did they do that. <laughs> I mean, Gordon Hayward. Imagine just... being Gordon Hayward. You're like, oh my god. You know, you just were <laughs> like, you had a couple injury riddled season. When when you are healthy, you're playing pretty well, but not maybe the same as you used to. And it's like, no, boom, you're a max guy for the next four years. Like if they did two years for sixty million, I would be like, okay, that's like an overpay, obviously yearly value. But you know what? Whatever, two years. You got Lamelo coming in. Why not give him some decent players just to see sort of what he looks like, right? Uh, but four years, four years, 120 million. I mean, that's, it, it's just doesn't make any sense. No, it I doesn't mean, make it any makes sense. No sense. I mean, he's what, made one all-star game and then he suffered a brutal injury and has only been healthy for one season since. And then you're going to give him that much money. It's like, that's does insane. that make the, the Hornets like a playoff team? So what do they have? LaMelo, Devonte Graham, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington. Like, I mean, maybe they could get the eighth seed. I don't know. Thirty million for Gordon Hayward, though. This is crazy. But it's not thirty even, fucking million dollars. Like I said, it's the years. It's a years. Like two for two for sixty million. You'd be like, oh, what? Why did they do that? That. But then it'd be like, all right, whatever. Like after year one, then it's literally an expiring contract. Four years. Yeah. Four years. Oh my god! Literally, guaranteed, hundred twenty million guaranteed. Yeah, Gordon Hayward's gonna make like, imagine, uh, Gordon Hayward makes one All Star game for his career, and what's he gonna end up making? Like two hundred fifty million, two hundred seventy five million. Like, like he's basically just like, like the Kevin not- Love of 
He's the Kevin Love of small forwards. Kevin Love, in, in fairness to Kevin Love, though, Kevin Love, how many All-Star games did Kevin Love make? Five? A lot more than uh, Gordon Hayward. And Mike Mike made the comparison. He texted me. He said, Gordon Hayward is the Kirk Cousins of the NBA. I thought that was... Uh, <laughs> I like that. I, but Gordon Hayward is probably better than, than Kirk Cousins, but I did think that was very spot on in terms of they're, they're the money man. I, I sniped yeah. Kevin Love. I said five All-Star games, right? Yeah. yeah he made five. I mean, Kevin Love is one of the worst contracts. Well, now it is in the league. Now it is. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, no that that move. No one, to, they didn't want to pay him. They just had to. Yeah. Like they knew it wasn't going to be a good contract. It was similar but. that move, that specific move, the Cavs signing K Love was similar to this specific move. It's like, why did you do that? Like, and he's thirty too. Yeah, it's just I don't know why the hell. It's like you're gonna. So why is no one trading for Oladipo? I'd rather pay Oladipo twenty million. Um, I'd rather pay Oladipo uh, four for eighty than Hayward four for one twenty. But maybe Oladipo's not accepting four for eighty. Maybe Oladipo's saying, "Oh, give me twenty games. I'm going to look like an all star again." Uh, and then he's going to get this contract. And then, yeah, maybe he'll get the Gordon Hayward. Um, are they at equal value? Like if they're both healthy? If they're both healthy, I mean, probably Oladipo is. If Oladipo goes back to Oladipo from two years ago, he's probably better than this version of Gordon Hayward. But you could say last year's version of Gordon Hayward is better than the last time we saw Victor Oladipo for sure. Yeah, I mean, ah, man. And how about like it was like some report like Michael Jordan like personally recruited? Like why the hell does. Michael Jordan won Gordon Hayward so bad. I don't understand. Maybe they're just like, we're never going to get a free agent. So, like, why not? But I mean, I thought, like, when Hayward opted out of the one-year $34 million player option for the Celtics, I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's bizarre. That's bizarre. Because, like, you're, you're 30 years old coming off a horrific injury. You've only had one healthy game, one healthy season, and you got hurt again in the playoffs and you haven't been able to really you know, push it to at least two. And then you're going to decline, like at least do one more year making 34. At least you get 34. Cause maybe like someone only offers you like two for 30 just because of your history. And then next thing you know, Charlotte comes out with just like a ridiculously dumb offer um, for them. And just a, genius move for Hayward. I mean, I can't believe his reaction to I wish I saw his reaction what like privately when his agents like, yeah, they're gonna offer you four for one twenty. He must have like orgasmed like on the spot. Just it's so like, funny because um the uh the whole like you're saying the whole idea was that he would if he opted out of that thirty four million this season, it would be because he would get less money annually but a longer deal. Like people were thinking four for one, uh, four for a hundred, let's say. So he would lose nine million dollars this year, but he would get long-term security and still like a decent uh, average annual value for his salary, like for longer years. But no, he didn't even. Well, I guess he lost like four million dollars this year, but, but it's not that big of a deal when you get ninety million guaranteed the next three years after this year. So, and there was rumors that like, oh, they were going to do a side and trade the Celtics, yeah. side and trade him to the Pacers and get maybe Miles Turner. And I think it, Miles, it was Miles Turner and like the Pacers were like, okay, we'll give you Doug McDermott too. And the Celtics were like, no, we want Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo or TJ Warren. 
And I guess the Pacers were like, go fuck yourself, maybe. Or even then, they were just like, once the Hornets offered Gordon Hayward that contract, he's like, why am I getting signed or traded anywhere? Like, yeah, I want to go to Indiana. I want to, because that was a rumor. He wanted to go back to, yeah. he's from Indiana. He wants to play uh, for the Pacers in his home state, I guess, a little homecoming. But it's like, who the hell cares about that when there's a team willing to offer you $120 million? Yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, because at the same time, Hayward could have taken the player option and then gone like a four for a hundred year deal after if he played well. But he could have also like broken his leg again. That's the thing. Um, but at least you get that 30, I mean, 34 million guaranteed for just one year is a, a lot of money. And especially when you're 30 years old and he's had already a max contract. So, I mean, I mean, just the, the Hornets just, I don't know. I have, or I just don't know what's going on over there. Um, I do like LaMelo. I'm definitely, I'm warming on the idea of LaMelo ball being good just because like, he's so tall. He has a good handle, good passer. You know, I don't think he's going to be great, but if he could shoot, I mean, he has the, the tools to be an all-star, but that's the key. Like, can he shoot? at a good clip. Like that's going to be, that's going to dictate whether his success in the NBA. So we'll see what happens with his career trajectory. Anthony but, Edwards going number one to the T-Wolves. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't like basketball, but I like him too. I like him too. Like, I, I like, I don't like him as like all stars. Just I like, uh, you know, well, I mean, I have, I don't know. He, the thing is about these, this college season, we really didn't see enough film. There's not enough to go off of, so it's hard to say, hard to judge, like how good these players are going to be. But and then there's like the Fred Van Fred Van Vliet signing, making 25 mil uh, a year, and I think I thought it was less than 25. I don't think so. I was like four for 84, maybe. Fred Van Vliet. I mean, I it's obviously. For him, I think it's just a great, great deal personally, because you know going undrafted, yeah, four for eighty-five. I think. Well, I so. think the Raptors are just trying to keep their uh, their powder dry for Giannis, and they're going to say, "Well, Giannis, you join this team, and we could surround you with Siakam and Fred VanVleet and, and Lowry." And that doesn't really entice me. Why? Why wouldn't it? Where else is he going to go? Don't go to the Mavericks. That would be lame as hell. So well, I guess maybe heat. go to the Heat. Yeah, Jimmy and Adebayo. But what, my thing is, are the Heat going to be able to sign Adebayo and Giannis? Yeah, I think so. Right. They have to. Uh, Bam has to wait until Giannis to sign the extension. Right. Uh, I think to make it easier. We'll put it that way uh, to make it like just like to be able to have like the best players on the team, the best assets, most assets and whatnot. So that's probably what they're going to plan to do if Bam agrees. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like Fred Van Vliet, first year, only one year. He has just one year, which is last year, which he averaged over 12 a game, over 11. And he's. He's shot under 42% from the field his entire career. Okay, but with true shooting percentage, that's what matters. He's hitting those threes. 
he's hitting threes, but you know, I don't know. I'm not crazy about like this six foot guard. Okay, but here's my thing: what was the Raptors' other option? Just let him leave for nothing, and then what? Yeah, I mean, I just you know, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's not great. Like, I'm not like excited for it. You do, you had to, you know, you had to do what you had to do. Um, you know, it's more good for FEV than anything, but it's a lot of money. There's a lot of money being thrown around considering there's a freaking there's no fans. Whatever happened? It's a pandemic. freaking pandemic. Nobody told the NBA. All we hear is like they're losing money. The owners, the the salary cap, the CBA needs to be reorganized. Then it's like Gordon Hayward, thirty million, hundred twenty. Oh, then you see today, like uh, Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> five years for one ninety five and a player option. That was crazy. At the end, of the- honestly, it's like if you're the team, like why would you just be like, hey man, we're giving you the deal with no player option, or we're not giving you the deal. And I guess they just have leverage where they're like, no, like you have to give me this deal. Like what? Donovan Mitchell <sighs> needs to show it to me outside of the bubble. Same thing with Jamal. Well, it's the same. He got on my on my list of prove it to me outside of the bubble, bro. He got it. He got the same Jamal Murray deal. It's like okay, like you're not this good, but we want you to get better. Yeah, well, I'll say the way that they both played in the bubble, they are that good, but never played that good. Besides that, so that's the thing. It's like, can they replicate what they did in the bubble for? The rest of for the next five years, the rest of their lives, yeah, <laughs> the rest of their fucking lives. Uh, you know, I mean, they have the potential to do it. Obviously, they did it in the bubble, um, which is a decent sample size. Well, only, well, M- Mitchell did it for like six, seven games. Wasn't really uh, Murray did it for the, uh, uh, signed this off season. Huh? Was, wasn't Rudy Gobert supposed to like get a contract this off season? I'm not sure if he's supposed to get extended. They're, I think I saw like they're deciding whether to extend him or not. So I think he could be a trade deadline um, guy to, you know, watch for. Just because like I don't, I don't think he's worthy. He's not going to get an interesting like the max. one. He, he'll he'll yeah. get less than the max, but then the thing is like, is do the the Jazz want to commit to him long term? And then it's like that's your team, uh, but he's not getting the max. Like what? It, what is the max? Like. They're gonna pay him forty million dollars? Hell no! Or four for, four for? I mean, what they hey, like four for uh, one twenty? Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see something like that. But then, is there some other team, some other crazy team who's willing to go more than that? The Hornets. Yeah, I guess the Hornets. Do they have? They they take all the money that they have left. Jordan liquidates his assets for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Just says, "I'll give you the ownership of the Jordan brand." Uh, for a billion dollars, come play for the Hornets. And like there was, and we didn't see it on the court, but there's in during the whole shutdown, you know, there's rumors how Donovan Mitchell and Gobert weren't getting along, but you know, we didn't really see it on the court. So I don't know. Obviously, they're committed to Donovan Mitchell, which is the right move. So maybe they're going to talk to him secretly and be like, What's your honest opinion of of uh, Rudy Gobert? Something about Donovan Mitchell rubs me the wrong way. I don't know, man. He's from Westchester, bro. You have to support. No, I think he, he. I think it's honestly just because um, he immediately was compared to Dwayne Wade, 
And like ever since then, you're protect. You're you have to protect. I think that Dwayne I Wade. honestly didn't think of that, but that honestly that might literally be what it is. I think it, it's a hundred percent what it is. I didn't, and I I hadn't even like considered that possibility even in the back of my head. But now that you say it, I think subconsciously that might be where all of this is stemming from. Because like because the reasons if, that I would give would be like, well, you know, I feel like he sort of acts like he's a superstar, but he's not yet a superstar. I'm like, why would I really care about that? Uh, because I, stuff, dude. I think that uh, I think you just psychoanalyzed it. Because if if Donovan Mitchell is becomes like better than what he is, then you're just going to see more Dwayne Wade comments, and he simply just won't be like, as good as Dwayne Wade. So you're really just like defending Dwayne Wade and his greatness, and not necessarily trying to say Donovan Mitchell is a bad player, but just that he's not as good as one of the greatest shooting guards they're because i mean it's a lot to say like yeah the play style is is similar but you know just the comparison like come on guys d wade's like arguably the greatest shot blocking guard of all time him and jordan so you know and i don't see that on defense from donovan but you're honestly you're probably right i'm gonna i'm gonna stop being a quasi donovan mitchell hater i will still say that i need to see uh, his bubble performance uh, outside the bubble to be able to commit to him as a superstar. Right now he's a star. Uh, um, we only saw a superstar in the bubble. We need to see a superstar outside the bubble. But I will. I'll. I'll stop being. Uh, I'll stop looking for reasons to to not be on the Donovan Mitchell bandwagon while also maintaining that he's never going to be as good as he was. Look at that live on the podcast. Yeah, you know we can work yeah. through some stuff. That's fine. No, I think it was a good point. I think that's probably exactly what it was about. I mean, the D Wade rumors and uh, rumors comparison started like last year. Uh, not not like I think they start. They started his rookie year. Like they were just right. like this guy's next Dwayne Wade. As soon as he basically entered the league and he started playing well, um, you know, because I mean I haven't seen him being compared to anyone else. Really, it's literally pretty much just solely. Dwayne Has Wade. anyone checked Dwayne Wade's Twitter lately? Has he done like a bunch of tweets trying to make everything about him lately? Or I mean, I can't stand Dwayne Wade anymore. His... I wish he never tweeted. I wish he like, never once he retired. <laughs> he is such an attention whore. It's crazy. Oh my god! Oh my god! The outfits, this, the hair, but it's not even like you know Dennis Robin hair where he's like you know. Dennis Robin is like cool like that. Like it's like doing weight is like doing too much. Like he's, yeah. it, it seems like he's just not cool anymore. It just seems like he's bored or maybe like he, I think he just misses the attention. I think he just wants, let's check his Twitter. Let's check what he's been up to lately. Dwayne Wade, D Wade. Cause honestly, I just can't. I he has 9 million followers on Twitter. He hasn't tweeted, I mean, uh, he tweeted a, a slam magazine. And him being like insecure about every guy that comments on Gabrielle Union's Instagram post. Well, I think that was only Jimmy Butler as a joke. I think he he does. I think he. I mean, he's. It was enough. It was enough. I don't think that was a joke. That was for real. Like, how about this? So, what is this? November fourteenth. What was that? A week ago. Like Slam Rewind, a Twitter account tweets out: Dwayne Wade is one of the best two-way players ever. Which like a video clip of when he blocked Amari Stoudemire and hit like a half court buzz beater, and D Wade tweets, "No lies detected." Like, oh my like, god, I hate like, these. Why, dude? Like, why? Oh, why yeah. are you retweeting like your own hype videos? That is that is super that cringe. It's really cringe, man. That's really. Cringe. And then yeah, he, that's all he does. That's all he does, and he's like, the playoffs are where you become. Yeah, like Dwayne Wade in a two thousand in. 
Dwayne Wade in 2016 finals was on a mission. And then Dwayne quote tweets it, leave your mark. Like that's so corny, bro. Like you don't even retweet it. Like, you could like it, you know, like, you know, give some props to the hey, guy. Was who's, tweet? It was, you know, just a highlights video of Dwayne Wade in the 2006 finals saying that he was on a mission with a flame emoji adding Dwayne Wade. And then Dwayne uh, tweets, you know, leave your mark on October 30th. And he's like constantly doing these weird fucking tweets. That hey guys, like, remember when I used to be good at basketball? Every, everyone still remembers me, right? And I was, he's my favorite player, but like, come on, bro. We just when you retire, just retire. He's literally just retweeting every like week or two. He he retweets a hype video um, of on, on himself. Literally of himself. I don't know, man. I don't know, D Wade. What are you gonna do? And like his reaction to him seeing like some people getting proposed, like proposing or some shit. Did you see that? Yeah. It's like, what are the odds that he like paid to to like set up that I feel whole like moment so it would go viral on like TMZ or something? I don't know. Had to take a picture and just like, you know, he he probably posted that to his own Instagram. Uh, yeah, he probably did. I mean, I, I he probably they didn't even probably invite him to come take a picture. They're like, who the hell yeah. is that guy? And he's like, oh my god, you guys recognize me? Oh my god, wow, that's crazy. Oh, you guys want to? We'll take a picture. They're like, bro, like, who are you? Like, do we know you? Like, we're trying to get married here. He's like, oh my god, stop. No, I didn't want to. I, I didn't want. I don't. No pictures. Yeah, no pictures. Okay, guys. just all right. Fine, fine, fine. We'll take one picture. Just one. And he's like, the guy is like, he's telling the cameraman like how to pose, like. No, yeah. and it's like the first picture does gets too much of the other people in the picture. He's like, no, no, you didn't get enough of my outfit. Like, what are you doing? Like, different angle. Like, Brad's <laughs> like, what? What is going on right now? Who is this guy? It's like, oh, guy, that he's leaving. Like, oh, guys, no, come on, stop. You guys, you're too much. They're not even saying anything. Oh God, can, goes back to his friend. Can you believe that they 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 called me over there? That they recognized me from the 2006 finals. Like, bro, I, I can't I can't with him. Yeah. Him and Magic Johnson. I feel like no, Magic, he's not on the Magic, Magic Johnson tier. Stick though. It's like he's like just yeah. the guy who tweets nonsense that are just the most vague, basic observations. But yeah, Magic Johnson's definitely in that bucket of no Magic Johnson is probably worse in terms of needing to be like the center of attention. Like, are you kidding me? Like he took the Lakers job basically like I'm not gonna do any work, but I want all the credit, and then like quit in like a big random impromptu press conference without telling Jeannie Buss beforehand and then like goes on first take and trashes the organization and Rob Polinka. It's like, what the hell? And he, did it. and he did it because he wanted to tweet again. Yeah. Yeah. He, he missed tweeting, I guess. I don't know. I like he's, I don't like magic Johnson. I think he, uh, there's more to meet the eye with him. I don't think he's Mr. Smiley guy. I think behind closed doors, he he's not all Mr. Sunshine and rainbows and smiles. I think he can be uh, he's cutthroat. Uh, but come on, come on, Magic. Yeah, that's interesting. It's possible. I mean, he's obviously a great competitor. Well, but... there was all that stuff when when it came out when he got fired. There was like a big ESPN article about like what the actual front office was like. And it was like all this stuff about magic, like yelling at people and so which it is. So you're going to be an executive for like a billion dollar organization. I'm not saying you're not allowed to yell at people, but it doesn't necessarily match up with his public persona of Mr. Happy smiley guy. 
Derek Carr yelled James Harden as an audible for a play. Is that like the audible to uh, – I'm trying to make a good joke. I don't know. When he shoots it for the field goal. It's just a play where he holds on to the ball for the whole play clock. I've been seeing like all these – Oh, they need the Nets need three balls. Like, oh my god, I'm not going to go into it. But the thing is, like, think of like Team USA. They have like LeBron, Melo, Kobe, Dwayne Wade. And it's like, oh, is that team going to be good? No, too many good guys on that uh, team. That's totally different. They're they're guys like Kyrie Irving's playing like 14 minutes a game on Team USA. Like, there's an understanding that like people are not going to put up their stats. It's not. That's not a fair comparison. Okay. Well, I mean, I just think that. Yeah, I think. I think it would be obvious. How about this? If the if the Nets don't get James Harden, do you think they're going to win the title? Yeah. I said this before. I said it before. I was like, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the Clipper, the Lakers got better. The Lakers will be if the if the if the Nets don't trade for Harden, the Lakers will beat the Nets unless they have some sort of serious injury. Before the, like, okay, so before the free agency and the draft, um, I would say, yeah, but I'm less confident now that the Bucks have been better. He's got Bucks, Clippers, and Lakers, the four, the three other contenders have gotten better. And the Nets, they got a little better, but they haven't made the move, um, the, move the impact that the other teams have done, like the win now move, which makes me feel like, they, you know, they're still talking to James Harden because they still haven't used their mid-level level exception, which is weird. Now, because they can't really use it on anybody because no one's really deserving of it. So I don't know why that, that happened. And, you know, they like this is the year. Like, they're all in. They're all in already. So, you know, they would have made a move to I mean the Drew Drew trade was obviously too much to give up for you know the Nets but you know there's other guys um that they could have went for but I I think they're still talking to to the Rockets and it's really just a matter of time for whoever caves because listen the Rock uh, James Harden has made it clear that he wants to go to the Nets he he uh, declined a two-year for a hundred million extension, or did he? No um, cap. Which is, Body armor, which is pretty. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened with that, but I can't. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was cap or no cap because he uh, he zoomed in on him uncapping the bottle, but then he he finished on the on the cap. So either you. No, either you do you the, just, a normal video of you unscrewing the cap on a bottle and leave it at that. And that's it. Or you... You take a picture of a or cap. Or you just take a picture of a cap. Yeah. <laughs> like Because it, it didn't make any he, sense. Maybe he um, was intentionally being ambiguous. Because what, yeah. what made it confusing was zooming in on the cap at the end. If he didn't zoom in on the right. cap, I would have just said, oh, he's taking the cap off. No cap. He, he zooms on the cap and I'm like, oh, so should we just be focusing on the cap? But if that's the case, why didn't you just put a cap? Like you said, yeah, take a picture of a cap. I don't know. Weird, 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 weird. Who knows? Who knows what he's doing? Yeah, I think that was in regards to the the extension because he did that like right after. So but then, like, why would the why would the Rockets leak that they offered him an extension if they didn't actually offer him extension? That would just make him more pissed off. No, I think that yeah, that's actually a good point. Right? 
so it's like why or or he it could be that he got offered the extension and he's saying like no cap like i'm that serious about wanting to leave right maybe could be that that like yeah i mean that makes like the makes the most, the most sense, sense but it still doesn't really make that much sense right because he hasn't because he hasn't publicly done anything to say like we've just seen like sources say james harden is serious like is serious about leaving and we haven't seen him do anything like no like tweets or shit like that so that was like his first public like yeah i'm seriously trying to get out of here type of thing but you know i think he really just has to if he wants to get traded just say i'm not fucking playing just don't play just tell him that you're not going to play and you're going to make it as difficult as possible. If you really want to leave like immediately, like that's what you have to do as a player because you really don't have that much power. Yeah, but that's why um, I start to support um, – then I would support Tillman Fertitta for him for his entire paycheck. If you're not going to come to play, that's fine. Uh, but when you every day that you don't come to play, whatever your paycheck is, we're not paying you, period. And what if he fakes an injury? If he fakes an injury, screw him. I would get our doctors to say that there's nothing wrong with him. But what if he just says like, "No, it hurts." Yeah, well then I would. I would. Can you pr- like? Because you be can't. That'd be so prove. scummy. I think that's what Vince Carter did with the Raptors. I don't support that. That's when I draw the line for for the players. If you're faking injuries not to play, or you're saying you're not going to play when your team wants you to play, that's when I am like, nope. Now I'm pro owner. I in. You know, it goes like either way because you know you could get traded. Literally. Okay, but here's what I'm saying: you you can get traded whenever, and that is that scummy when when they when the Clippers roll out the red carpet to re-sign Blake Griffin and then trade him two months later to Detroit. Yeah, that is super scummy. Uh, does it sometimes suck when a, a superstar just says like, "I I want to get traded uh, and screw you and get me out of here"? Yeah, sometimes that sucks, but I don't know what the comparison of the owners would be like James Harden saying, I'm not going to come play basketball for you guys, even though you're paying me to play basketball is if like Tillman Fertitta said, James Harden, even though you're playing, I'm not going to pay you. Like, and nobody would support that. So what, you know, if Tillman right. Fertitta just said, Hey, I'm mad at James Harden. So you need to keep playing for the Rockets, but I'm not going to pay you money. It's the same thing as James Harden saying, I'm mad at you. So even though you're paying me money to play basketball, I'm not going to do it. Come on. I don't support that on either end. Um, so, and I support, I have no problem with James Harden demanding a trade, by the way. Like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me even one bit. And if I was the Rockets, I'd probably trade him because two two years left on the contract is when I would take my trade demand seriously. If you have three years left on your contract, I'll say, and I don't want to trade you, I'll just say, screw you, dude. Show up to play. Because yeah. if we want you on our team, you're not going to ruin our team with three years left on your contract. You will be coming to play for us. At the end of this season, if we want to discuss trades, we'll discuss trades. Because then you run the risk of like, oh, okay, if you don't trade Harden, then at the end of this season, now he has one year left on his deal. And then at that point, he could just say, screw it. I'm just going to wait and I'll just sign with whoever I want in free agency. Now you're going to get nothing from me. And if you trade me to someone, I'm just going to tell them I'm not going to resign. So what you can get from me is going to be low. Two years left is basically like the perfect time to start taking a trade demand seriously. Yeah. And like when you're in, if you're in the Rockets position and let's say like the extension, he actually did decline the extension. Then it's like, okay, then we, we really should just trade. We should just try to trade him because like, let's say they wait another year and then James is on an expiring and he's not signing extension. Then you're, well, you have to trade him then. But no one is going to, 
you're not going to give up like the nets, like we'll just use the same nets package. Like, I don't think like, you know, ceiling, like the nets could give up like three picks and then two pick swaps. And like, you know, the core that I already mentioned like 10 times. Um, but instead of it's just James Harden expiring, like maybe you'll, you'll get like two firsts and maybe a pick swap, maybe. So like you already lost like two assets um, and, you know, maybe three. It could be three. Like I don't think like if the Nets did well, if like let's say next year, like the Nets did really well and they're like now like uh, Karras was an all star and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know if what other offers would be on the table. Maybe that's what they could do. But like, you know, training expiring is different um, because obviously you need the team that is giving um, that is trading for him. Harden has to at least verbally agree that he will sign a contract, but nothing is guaranteed in the NBA. We've seen some crazy shit. So now it's yeah. Like now in the rocket scenario, it's the best time to trade him. But the problem is obviously Right now, I don't think that there is a obvious offer that is making them say, okay, like we have Jason Tatum on the uh, Jason Tatum and a pick or Jason Tatum market smart. Like this is an easy move. We can just replace our franchise player with this potential franchise player. And, you know, that's, you know, the obvious move instead. It's like, okay, we get a couple good pieces be competitive, get some picks for it, replenish our picks that we lost with Westbrook. And, you know, just we could say to the owners, like, listen, um, you know, we did lose James Harden, but, you know, we're still competitive to where we're not tanking. Like, we're, there'll be like a 40-win team um, without James. So, I mean, they won – they won 46 or something last year, so that wouldn't be too far off. But, you know, maybe 38 wins. Like, you know, the Nets made the playoffs last year. They won, like, 38, 40 games without Kyrie or KD. So, like, these guys that they're training for aren't, like, a joke. Like, they're solid players. They're just not, like, they're looking for that that tier one uh, player prospect with the potential and i would say like the nets maximum have like a, a tier two with Karras, but he's more like a, a tier two three like right in the middle there so it's not like obvious like it's a it's an okay package like if if obviously if james harden was um if you had three years left then it's like no we'll just wait or if he wasn't demanding a trade like you would just like wait it out. <laughs> like if he wasn't demanding a trade and you were open to trading him, you wouldn't take that package. But since he's demanding a trade, not going to basically saying everything that he's not going to stay on the team, then it's like, all right, well, at least we get like some really, good, really solid pieces um, instead of, you know, a weaker package. Like this might be the best package we get, even though it's not what his value is. Uh, you know, it's a tough situation. And, I'm glad I just don't have to make that move because it seems like a lose lose um, for the Rockets. Like either you just you trade Harden and then you lose James Harden, or you keep him and then he just leaves, or you trade him for a lot less. So I mean, both scenarios just aren't favoring 
the Rockets, and you know they think. I mean, I don't know who has the leverage, because um, like the Nets, do they need Harden? Like they don't need James Harden, but it would be obviously a tremendous, tremendous get. But can like you know they they don't have to. They don't have to, uh, you know, give up their mortgage, their entire future. So that's like kind of their leverage. And if like James is like, I'm only going to go there. Um, then like they'll like the Rockets are like, all right, well, we're not going to trade you. And then next thing you know, he's not expiring. And then it's like he doesn't want to any treat any any teams that can trade with him, like the Timberwolves that they want to trade for cat. It's like. Yeah, James is like I'm not gonna live in Minnesota for the next to, to finish out my career. So, like they're gonna get shit for him. Um, you know, it's it's you know a tough situation, but I still think the talks are ongoing. Especially the Nets basically haven't made any moves to suggest otherwise, and like all their moves. I mean, that's the thing is like all their moves so far have been ambiguous to where they can fit. They would it would work with or without him, and doesn't hurt their flexibility. Um, but I, I did expect them to be more active if they, you know, it, like hypothetically, if Harden wasn't literally publicly demanding to be on the Brooklyn Nets, I would expected the Nets to make more significant moves already, and they haven't, which <laughs> tells me that they are. They have to make? I mean, like they could, they could get creative. I always, I don't doubt Sean Marks. Um, He definitely, he always does like something that boosts the team. I mean, Shamit was, I think was a very good deal. They got Jeff Green for the minimum. Um, What's his name? Bruce Brown was a good, really easy trade to make for the Pistons. Like the, a good way to, to, see how good like a player is is to see how the other fan base reacts to losing that player and the pistons were like oh fuck like we just gave a fucking bruce brown for musa like musa is like one of the worst players in the nba and bruce brown is i looked at like he's just a defensive um like terror uh and he could pass the ball a little bit and like the pistons fans were like very upset that they lost him so i'm like okay Clearly, this guy is solid and, you know, just a good trade because we know Nets fans, us Nets fans know what Musa is. Musa is awful, awful, one of the worst players in the league. So to get anything from him was amazing and let alone um, a quality rotation player that could actually play. So, you know, we have a really good GM and I know he's he, he did. He said the right things in the press conference when they're asking him, they're like, you know, what about what are you doing about like the trade rumors and everything? He's like, you know, do we have to mortgage the future? No, like I like the team that we have now, and I think that we're contenders and blah blah. blah. Basically, he was just dancing around it and showing no urgency to make a move, which put, puts pressure on the Rockets because all like they've been the Rockets have went from were comfortable from getting um un, the the Rockets said were fine getting uncomfortable. And next thing you know, like two days later, they're like, they basically gave up on that and they're looking to trade, they're trying to trade him. So um, it's been quiet the last like two, three days, but 
I think, you know, we start seeing it heat up. By the time we record the next podcast, I bet we'll be we'll be talking about it again if it doesn't happen. Honestly, I think it's going to happen um, within the next 10 days if it does. If it does happen, if the James Harden trade to the Nets is going to happen, it's going to happen within the next 10 days. Most likely, like possibly just by the end of the week. So we'll see. Um, all sources like said that, that, you know, I trust, you know, the guy who came out of nowhere, I don't necessarily trust him, but Anthony Puccio, who broke the Kevin Durant and Kyrie news last year, reiterated it, saying that he's basically seeing, hearing the same thing. And, you know, they have a verbal agreement, so they're they're probably just like, okay, we'll trade you for Harden for these pieces, but now they're really just like playing one of the teams, most likely the Rockets are playing hard to get, and they're like literally like the Nets have the offer on the table, and the Rockets are just like stonewalling them, just trying to act like they have offers on the table, that better offers to make the Nets throw in another pick and or a pick swap or something like that just to get, you know, maximize James Harden's trade value. So I think that's really where they are at in trade talks. That just seems to make sense. That's just judging by the timeline and um, everything that's happening. So yeah, I mean, next week you heard it here first, James Harden to the nets. If it does happen, it's happening next week, this week, whatever. All right, I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So either way, I'm excited, though, because, I mean, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Contenders, man. What Contenders. I think that's it for basketball. I, I ran through all the little bullets and notes that I have. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much else. Something crazy happened in NFL the Steelers are ten and zero. The Jets are zero and ten. The Ravens lost to the Titans. Uh, Ravens are six and four now. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy. Justin Herbert's balling out. Tua got benched in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not a great sign. Yeah, Packers blew a game to the Colts. The Colts are like seven and three now, uh, with Phil Rivers as their quarterback. The uh, the Chiefs and the Raiders having a high scoring game right now at halftime. Uh, the NFC East is still terrible. Uh, I think the Eagles are in first place at three six and one somehow. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. Basically, everyone in the NFC is three and seven except for the Eagles, who are three six and one. God, that's terrible. We might get a five and eleven playoff team. Yeah, oh I mean, that's God unheard of i mean i guess one of them will get the six wins because they play each other a lot uh i don't know about that the uh Taysom hill started for the saints looked uh yeah put up a decent decent stat line uh so fantasy yeah line. decent fantasy line and, and they won so i guess that was good uh the browns are sneakily seven and three which is interesting uh even though I still don't think Baker's good. But, yeah, there's nothing really too much else to report. The Jaguars or the Jets are going to get the number one pick. And, yeah, that's basically it. 
Yeah, that's a good recap for football. Yeah, right? Not bad. I was just like, let me just start thinking of everything that happened, just thinking of the different teams. Uh, yeah, that's, well, the Thursday night game was Cardinals-Seahawks. Seahawks won. And, yeah, that's really it. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have said it any better, honestly. But, yeah, I mean, that's all I got. If that's all you got, then we'll be talking James Harden. All right. Week. I mean, I, pre- I, I appreciate the confidence. Got to stay confident. All right. You heard it here first. People forget that podcast. Um, we're going to start ratioing people ourselves. So yeah, we are going to, it's no fun when the rabbit has begun. You guys think that you're <laughs> yeah. going to pile on us on Twitter because I said that if the Lakers lose KCP, they might not be as good or they won't be as good. Jeez, people really, it, what bothered me the most was the overreaction. It's like the way the, the responses you would think that I said the Lakers are going to be trash next year, that the, the responses were no different as if In- I had said that. No different. No different. Just like, come on, guys. They gave I gave a mild critique that they were slightly worse if they don't re-sign KCP, which would have been true. And people acted like I said they were never going to win again. Sad. Yeah, you came into – you were camouflaged as like a, a Clippers fan or something. I, I know. They took it completely the wrong way. God, so was, this was constructive criticism. You have to hold people to high standards so that they don't slip up and, and get complacent. But I guess – you can't. If you're a Lakers fan, everything is great. I, I guess so. I guess so. Like you can't. No criticisms allowed. So no, uh, that's that's Lakers Twitter rules. Obviously. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. That, that wraps things up, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah. Peace.